You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me as always is Gary Hughes. Good morning. We, I was trying out a new greeting. What do you think? I don't. I don't think that's a good one at all. Okay. No. I'll, I'll, I thought we were past that. It was like year one on the show, and that you were doing that. Just trying out. Some, you know, like to shake it up a little bit every once in a while. You know, you want to just turn things on her head and and see and see what happens. But uh, okay, I'll just go back to saying hi. Hey. All right. We uh. We are recording a little early this week. Uh, normally we record like the day that it comes out or the day before it comes out, but we're recording this actually on Friday uh, before it drops on Monday because I'm going to be uh, busy over the weekend and not get able to record. So some of what we talk about might be a little old news by the time this comes out. It's possible. We, you know, we went, we used to record, for those of you who may not know, I'll just pull back the curtain a little bit. We, we used to go record together in person. And I would drive to Bure's house, and we would record like three or four episodes in one sitting. Right. And what we realized is that it's hard for us to be topical, and it's hard for us to be relevant with what's going on in current events in our industry uh, if the episode that were that is airing was recorded four weeks before. So we switched to recording via Skype, and then you know we record the episode like usually the day before it comes out. But uh, this this at this time, all the exciting photography news will be. At least three or four days old. So, just uh, you know, just a disclaimer in case you're listening and going like, Duh, "I read that like a week ago." Well, you know, listen to the podcast sooner. That was a fantastic impersonation of our average listener. <laughs> uncannily, uncannily accurate. So, one of the things that we uh, we can talk about in photography news, but we might as well talk about it now because it's also relevant and everything. Today, the day we're recording this is the day that we have uh, continuing riots in Minnesota. And uh, fresh off the presses this morning as we are uh, recording this was the incident where the CNN reporter and his camera crew were arrested uh, by the police. And it's photography news, uh, but it's also not photography news. And so, you know, I figured we'd just go ahead and kick it off because... It, it, you and I are both so deep into this now that, and talking about it before we went on the air that it's really weird for me to be like, well, you know, I had the wacky thing happen today. <laughs> there are certain things that we, we try to avoid most of the actual news. Yeah. You know, just because I, I believe it's more of our mission to be outside of most of what's going on. But sometimes something happens that's so big that we just, we're just not going to ignore it. Right. Like COVID, for talking? example. It's like, yeah. like COVID-19. And I don't know if you remember, but we talked a lot about when the uh, the Pulse nightclub shooting in Orlando, that right. happened because that's where I live. And so, you know, we do sometimes address stuff that's going on. And so I just watched this morning the video of Omar Jimenez and his producer and cameraman and crew all getting arrested. And I have to say, um, do you think somebody's going to lose their job? You know, over that, I hope so. Um, because since they've been released, they were released an hour later, and uh, the governor is apologizing uh, quite a bit uh, for them ever having been arrested. It's because somebody has to be a grown up, I guess. Uh, but uh, the statement that they released said that um, they were arrested, but then once it was confirmed that they were media, they were immediately released. And I watched it. He's standing there with a camera crew. He's live. He's talking to them and asking, where, where would you like us to stand? I guess they maybe had said, you know, you should move. Or He's like, where would you like us to go? We're happy to go. Okay. And then I guess, I don't know if he got, didn't get what he wanted or whatever, but then he starts his broadcast. And then they start arresting him. He has a camera crew. He's live on CNN. Anybody there can pull their phone out and see he's live on CNN. And he's wearing his press credentials. You can see them clearly in the shot as they are handcuffing him and leading him away. And I just thought, so now I guess he needs to have like a fedora with a press thing stuck in the bay. Is that what you have to have? Like the old 1920s, you know? <laughs> Boss, we got to get the story off the press's first thing. He's got the hat with the like Clark Kent and, or else you, that's the only way we can tell that you're the press now because I could tell he was the press. <laughs> first of all, I am not. I don't in any way want to make light of the situation in Minneapolis no, right now. No, I don't is, either. It is, it is horrendous. It is, it is something that needs to be seriously thought about, contemplated, and actions taken. But specifically regarding this incident, right? I, I did watch the video, and I'll just take the other side of it. 
all of the guys were dressed in just like cargo shorts and t-shirts or like a or like a, a quarter zip. Uh, this is, you know, I am absolutely against just wearing nothing with uh, but but clothes with your logo on it. And I always make fun of photographers like you that just have their logo on their shirts and they're identified as Blu-ray Perry Photography. Yeah. I always just like like our friend Bob Coates in Arizona, who's got three layers and every layer has his logo on it. Yes. You know? Including when you strip him down to his his bare chest, it's Bob Coates photography is also tattooed right there above the pocket area. Um, sorry, Bob. Anyway, um, not one of these guys was wearing any clothing, like so much as a CNN windbreaker or a hat that I could see in the video. I may be mistaken. They just look like they were dressed like frat guys in like polos and cargo shorts, just hanging out. And and yes, they absolutely had their credentials. And 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 what group of just random hooligans is going to have $100,000 worth of broadcast equipment <laughs> yeah, hanging around. That's what I couldn't figure out. Even if even if you thought they weren't press, what exactly were they doing that was threatening? I, he th- was well, looking into a camera, and the camera was panning, and he was saying, uh, this is what the situation is right now in Minneapolis, and et cetera, et cetera. What exa- how, even, if you don't, even if you thought he wasn't press, what made it, how was he threatening you or interfering with your activity? I look, I, there's there are so many things that I know nothing about. And law enforcement in the middle of a riot is one of those things where my knowledge just sort of stops. And so the officers on the scene clearly are in a very high stress situation, which they're hopefully very well trained for. And they don't necessarily have time to second guess all their decisions. I never have really thought about before one of the jobs of those riot police, of those law enforcement officers is not only to manage the situation, which is spiraling out of control, but also to manage the media. And so they're there. They have to keep the media protected and also make sure that they're not going to go anywhere they shouldn't. And so could it be one of those things where the police officer is just like, you know what? Stuff's going down. I just don't have time to deal with this right now. I'm going to sort it out later. I'm going to get these guys out of my way and I'll sort it out later. Because as you said, it's an hour later. They probably didn't have to go to the clink. They didn't spend right. a whole lot of time in the Hooskow. They were probably just sitting over here on on the on the sidewalk while they sorted it out. Maybe one of the guys did bust out his, you know, his Samsung Galaxy and go, "Boss, um, there were yeah, that's that's us. We're on CNN, you know." Right. I, I get that sentiment, and we are going to uh, touch back on this sentiment later in the program. I think when we discuss another issue uh, that came up this week, uh, but. I always, as I pull back further and further and further, you always end with, to, to me, the same place, which is the simple, what is the smartest thing for you to do question? And in this case, in America, the smartest thing for anyone in power to do is to never mess with the media when they're trying to cover you doing your job. Because all you're going to do is immediately get everyone up in arms what are you doing? What are you hiding? What are you doing? Because you don't want us filming you or you don't want us recording you or you don't. Want... That, that's the, the huge red flag. You know, there's nothing that says I might be a crook more than saying I don't want you looking at my tax returns. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, so the, so so don't be surprised when suddenly everybody feel why is everyone persecuting me? Because you seem you appear to be hiding something from us. And that's the same thing that's happening here. Once you start shutting down the press, immediately the press is going to take a microscope to you. The the the, the cliche, the bell curve for like the police as the Gestapo in movies and television that everybody's programmed to know is when the when they immediately go, shut that camera off. Shut yes. it off right now. And you're like, <laughs> oh. And you go, wait a minute, they're doing something. Send a rocket up that says criminal here. We're doing something we're not supposed to be doing. We yet. may That's be doing something bad. If, you, if, if your first instinct is to go to stop all the cameras from filming, then you're probably transporting an alien body uh, or something that you don't something. want the public to know yes. about. And, you know, somebody got and listen, and somebody, like I said, somebody up the chain, I, I, they brought these guys in and somebody in the, you know, somebody, a, a sergeant or somebody with a seniority or someone who's been around for a while saw it come in and said, what are you doing? Well, we brought these guys. Is this a, are you a CNN reporter? Yes. Let them go immediately. Are you out of your freaking mind? We're trying to deescalate this situation and this is just going to make it worse for us. Let them go immediately. This is not the time to debate semantics. You're making a mistake here. Let the media go. Look, and, and without getting too touched, 
touchy here. Law enforcement has enough credibility issues with the African American community yes. that you would you arrest the one correspondent of color <laughs> that's on the scene. You know, like like use your. I mean, again, in a stressful, tense situation, I can absolutely empathize with an officer just going. Maybe there was something coming down. And, and I'm sure as as this more s- develops from the story, we'll hear more about it. Obviously, well, I watched the video because, you know, after they arrested him, the camera continued to run live laying there on the street. And it didn't appear to be anything. They were, It was very calm. And he was like, why are you arresting me? And they arrested him. And they, he didn't fight. And then they and they arrested him in turn. It wasn't like we take them all down. It was like, I'm arresting this guy. And now I'm going to come back and get you, sir. And now I'm going to come back and get you, sir. It was all very civilized. And it was. It was calm. that. Yes, it was very and, civilized. You know, it just really didn't seem like there was a missile on the way in, and we got to get you off the street. Uh, it just. It was just, like I said, the proof that it was a huge blunder was in how quickly they tried to get out of it. How quickly they rolled it back, and the governor started apologizing. Now, of course, you know this is going to come out three days from now, and who knows what the story looks like by the time this comes out. And you and I may look like idiots, mostly me. For all we know, Godzilla could have been walking down yeah. the street and they were moving them. But, you know, the guy had a, a gram of heroin in his pocket and the dog. I don't know. But I'm just we don't know what the story is at this point when this is coming out. But right now, today, it's like I said, it's almost funny at how stupid you have to be to arrest a cameraman on air. Now, to uh, any of our friends out there who are press photographers and cover this sort of thing or maybe even are out there, please be safe and uh, make sure that. If you have interactions with law enforcement, that you stay calm at all times. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> well, anyway, what else is going on with you? Uh, that's about it with me. I mean, I don't have any big, funny stories. I've been following this story uh, today and, and yesterday, and you know, much like when COVID hit, and uh, you know, we did our show, and it was like, so what's going on with you? COVID? COVID's going on with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what's going on with you? And I mean, watching what's going on is, has been uh, occupying most of my time. So what's been occupying most of my time is um, learning how to YouTube. That's Yes, been... you've been working on your YouTube channel. You posted a new oh, video today. I did. Uh, I extremely did. professional, uh, well-produced, uh, great. In, in stark contrast to what I do, which is like the kids <laughs> in the barn trying to put on a show. And then you go and look at Gary's videos and it's like, oh, look at this professional. This, this is a guy who's been on Creative Live. Most of, my, most of my videos are like three, four minutes long and it's just a little tip thing. This one's my first, it was a nine minute video from start to finish. And I think I probably put about an hour of work for every minute of finished video. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's and, a whole lot of work. And, you know, I think that it's funny when you think about it. My kids, like my oldest, Ellie, she's five now, and she wants to start a YouTube channel really bad. And so we're sort of like kind of fencing that in a little bit, not to say no, but, you know, I've heard from so many kids that we interact with through our friends and other parents talk about their kids where wanting to be a YouTuber is a is a thing that kids, it's just like firefighter, police officer, yeah. YouTuber. Like it's a legitimate career. Yes. And and I was, I've been watching a lot of videos on how to do it well and what successful YouTubers have to say about how they got to do what they do. And the, the, the message across the board from all these YouTubers with millions of subscribers is this is actually really hard work. Mm-hmm. And, and you know what, just, just having to edit and go back and try and make it interesting and learn the, what's supposed to be done and how to get your message across and how to get the audio right, how to get the video right. And like, it, it is like having to set up all the lights and cameras and then do everything and then put it all together. Like it is hard work. I have a lot more respect for the people that do it. Oh yeah. Something that looks like it, they just sort of sat down and started spitting fire. It looks casual on purpose, but to do a, a good, just to get the audio right is a pain in the butt. And I like, I would say that probably an hour for every minute uh, is is fairly conservative, you know, for the most part. So yeah. yeah, it's a ton of work. It's the reason that my videos look the way they do is because I know that the more work it is, the less likely I am to do it. So I purposely just made a decision that I'm going to do this as easy as possible. Therefore, I'm more likely to do it. You know, that, that's basically my philosophy. That's why I always say I'm an efficiency es- expert. But really, what I am is I'm lazy. I don't want to work hard. So if you make it easy for me. I'll do it. But if you make it hard for me, I'm not going to do it. Like what you did, your first video that you just posted. Oh my God. I, I saw that. It's just like, oh, that would have been like two days of work for me. And then I'd have done that one and never done another one. <laughs> I learned a lot while I was doing it. Like, you know, how to, I actually learned how to do green screen stuff and I learned how to, you know, clean up audio. And so I think that I'll probably be able to get the time down moving forward. But I really do like the shorter form ones. They're a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. 
But uh, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, it's legit. I'll put a link to the to the latest one. I did a review of the EOS RP after owning it for six months. Just sort of my thoughts on what uh what kind of a camera it is, what it's good for, what I like, what I don't like about it. It's about eight eight and a half minutes long, so should be it's a pretty good one. But check out the description for a link to that, and I'll post that on the Facebook page as well. Well, unless you have something else you need to talk about, I think it is time for photography news. No, we do have lots of news to get into, so let's do yes, it. Yes, we do. All right, so it is time for photography news. Photography, photography news. Last week's jingle, by the way, I think was the best jingle we've ever done. Well, I've actually amended how I do it because when I'm editing the audio, what I tend to do watching your face to try and get the timing right is I usually drag out the sound too much and so i usually end up having to cut mine out and it's harder to put it together so instead of saying part i just say tography news i wait for you to start and i start on tography news and that makes them easier to okay. put together all right that's a little behind the scenes pull the curtain back on the deep uh, the deep uh, editing stuff just there. a little pro tip i just say tography news and then it's easier to edit all right so uh in the news this week speaking of canon the uh, canon rumors sites are now coming out with new information regarding canon's eos r5 and they are saying that it will come in at under four thousand dollars yes which is Something I have been saying that was a must, must come in at under four. I would like to see it around 3,500, but it must come in under 4,000, which begs the question at that price point, do you buy it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I think I, I think I do. I'm putting money if, if aside it, if it shakes out to be, yeah, if it shakes out to be everything that they say it is, um, I, I'm not saying I buy it right away. I don't think I need it right away, but I think it's absolutely, it, it moves to the front of the chain in terms of the minute I'm ready to go to mirrorless, that's the camera I go with. I can't replace my whole kit for $4,000. Right. You get this camera and an adapter, and that's all you have to have. And you, so you've spent 4000 and hell, they might throw the adapter in. Who knows? Uh, so, yeah. Mm, yeah. The, the, the rumor is on Canon Rumors, obviously, which is some great information. And they have different levels of sort of reliability. And this one's called a CR3, which basically means... I, they don't really put out anything at CR3, which doesn't end up happening for the most part. Okay. So CR3 is like, this is going down. This is a level three alert. It is probably 100% accurate. So uh, they're they're pretty solid on those. And I like that that rating system. As soon as I saw this this morning, I just looked on Canon. I check Canon rumors every day for news about this stuff coming out. And okay, so now that we're in the price point that I think is doable, and and by the way, Below four thousand could technically be thirty nine ninety nine. Yeah, you yeah, know that's what I'm worried about. And so I, I would love to see a little closer to thirty five. But I really at the feature set you can't complain under four K. Here's the interesting thing. Now I would still probably wait to see what the R six is going to come in at and what specs it has because yeah. for the most part, if this camera comes out at forty five megapixels or so or whatever it's supposed to be and you doesn't have the ability to shoot at a lower resolution, I may not get it because... Well, yeah, because you don't need that. You don't need that level of resolution. I do not. For me, it's the exact opposite. For me, it would be, what's the R6 going to come in at? Because if it comes in lower than the resolution I have now on my 5D Mark III, well, then that becomes really a big deciding factor for me. Do I want a low? Because I crop away so much. Right. So that becomes... So for me, it's the reverse. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm more prone to go towards it because it has the 45 megapixel. You, on the other hand, shooting volume and headshots, you don't need all that all that crop rate. What you want is something that downloads fast and processes. I'm not going to lie. I'd, I'd like to have it. And boy, oh boy. I mean, I shot with the uh, the 5DS, which is about 50-ish megapixels. And, and that... It's got to. It, it's, it's got... It's got. I mean, the current can, Canon cameras have uh, smaller versions of RAW that you can shoot. Well, here, I'm shooting with the RP, and the EOS RP doesn't. It only has RAW and C-RAW, which is basically a compressed version of the RAW file. It's not... It, it is definitely smaller, but not as small as you would get if you could, like, on the 5D4, how you can go to medium RAW instead of full-size right. RAW and, and actually bring down the amount of megapixels the camera is shooting on. So I can't I can't imagine that they've got it in a 5D4 and that they won't put it in the uh, R5. I would love to have the option to choose between whether I'm going to shoot at 45 megapixels or 26 or 30 megapixels. That'd be great. Right. Um, right. However, um, I, I'm pretty excited by this news, and I think that it's, uh, it's a smart, smart move uh, to, to price it this way. It's going to be very competitive. It almost seems like they're not given 
the haters anything to complain about with this one. Yeah, they really are taking away all of the stuff that I would normally be lashing onto. If you get the price under where I want, oh, and it's got five axis image stabilization. Oh, and it's mirrorless. Oh, and it's got video that no one else even has yet at 8K, which I don't even care about, but still, it's there. I mean, they're just, you know, this could be, I mean, what's, when's the last time Canon put out a camera that could have the shock and awe among the industry that this one could have? I got to go with the 5D. The 5D2. The 5D2. The 5D2. When they introduced yeah. HD video into the DSLR, that was, and that really changed the game. And they started, I mean, there were episodes of TV shows that were filmed with it. Like, I don't know if you remember, right. a House starring, what's his face? Hugh Laurie. They Q-Lore. filmed the season four finale, maybe, was filmed all with the Canon 5D Mark II. Uh, in that, and, there, and right. there's stuff like that. So, yeah, because I remember that was around, around that time. Yeah, it was like you, if you, if you were looking in the photography magazine, all these great pictures, and nine times out of ten, the camera was 5D Mark II. It was always that was the camera. That was that was like the camera to beat. And is this going to be the camera to beat? I mean, I'm not discounting Sony, and they're making great cameras, but and, and it could be too late. I mean, for them to pull market. Yeah, share Canon. Back Canon's Sony. got a lot of work to do in the mirrorless full frame department as far as catching up with market share, but. We'll see. At least it appears that they're trying finally. Yeah. I mean, they're, <laughs> I think this is a hell of a swing at it. But this is, I think we've said this from the beginning is Canon's a company that's not overly concerned with shoving out the best camera on the market every 18 months. It's right. about, you know, every seven or eight years, they're like, here's, here's a showstopper. And I think, but Sony has pushed that, has, has started to push everybody to put stuff out faster. Even Fuji. It's like when the X-T4 came out, I was like, Ah, the X-T3 is great. Like, what, you know? Yeah, like, why, why do you need the X-T4? Yeah, and of course, right now, someone's listening to this, uh, GM Farrar, and saying, you're acting like it's the most amazing thing ever that Canon is coming out with a camera that basically uh, Sony has had out for three years. Right, right. But this is going to be a step up. And it's, you know, uh, from it's it's going to set the standard if they get it out in time. But we'll see. I You know, I'm, I'm as skeptical as anybody else, but it's so far, all the news is good. Now, my main thing, here's where I'm at. I want to see what DP Review has to say about it because I trust those right. guys. That, I mean, there's just some, there's just a sort of authenticity where they have no problem talking about what's great about a camera and what's not. And it seems like they're one of the few reviewers that don't owe anybody anything. And they do, and they don't do like hot gotcha reviews. Everything's sort of like, this is just kind of the way it is. I absolutely love, right. I love their style and the way they review stuff. I just, I do too. Big fan. So, like, I kind of want to wait to see those guys get their hands on it because I I would seriously, if they would be like, yeah, you need to get this, I'd be like, okay, all right, I'll get it. But uh, anyhow, um, so what else is going on in photography news? Well, uh, if you are a Sony shooter, uh, Tamron is teasing uh, that they are coming out with a new versatile zoom lens for you. So I, I don't know. Do we? I mean, we don't know that many Sony shooters. But if you are a Sony shooter, would you be caught dead with a Tamron lens on your camera at this point? It, well, I, I think that depends on whether you're a professional. Uh, if you're, you know, because they're, Sony's a very popular camera with influencers and stuff like that and travel photographers. And if you could have, I mean, what's the focal length of the lens? Did they, did they any information on that? I, I, they are not saying. I mean, they, they recently put out a 70 to 180 uh, f2.8. Uh, but they aren't saying exactly uh, what it's going to be. I mean, there's speculation. It could be a 24105 f4, uh, 24120. We don't know. The bottom line for me is that it really, I've bought Tamron lenses before because I like to have a nice camera when I travel, but I do not want to bring my my Holy Trinity and lug those around in a bag. And if I can get a 24 to 105 f4 or something like that, or even... Like Tamron has made like crazy lenses, like a twenty twenty eight to twenty eight to two hundred that you can get for four or five hundred bucks for Canon and stuff before. And you know, it's uh, there's a place for every lens. And even as a professional, I'd be like, I wouldn't have any problem taking my vacation pictures with a with a Tamron lens. No, 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 I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. But but it, for professional work, to me, it's the third lens down the chain. The first lens is the proprietary lens of the manufacturer who made your camera. The second one is going to be Sigma. And then the third one is going to be Tamron. Right. But let's say, for example, that you have a um, school sports youth photography, youth sports photography business. Right. And you got people working for you. Are we sure? Uh, yeah. Here you go. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and you got, you got yearbook <laughs> photos and, and, you know, eight by tens and stuff like yeah. that. Like. They're, you're absolutely going to outfit your crew with a Tamron lens. It's a 24 to sure. 105 to F4. I mean, 
there's there's no question that there's a place for every piece of equipment and anything that is created that has no place eventually goes away. So <laughs> that's that's the that's right. uh, the Darwinism of economics. Why were you pointing at me? So you would take the next story. Oh, <laughs> I will just edit this bit out. Not to worry. <laughs> okay. Because I I because I started I started and then you said what else? So I did two stories in a row. Okay. So I was like, now you can take a story. All right. Okay. I'm on it. Okay. And next in photography news, Fujifilm follows suit with Canon and releases an app to turn its mirrorless cameras into webcams. And I think that a lot of this has been spurred by COVID-19 and the rise of Zoom meetings and Zoom hangouts and people interacting with each other online, people creating a lot more online content. Because one of the things that I own, that I use, and I've been using my DSLRs and my mirrorless cameras as webcams for a while is an HDMI capture device. And I have one from Magwell, which is really, really great. But it's about the size of a thumb drive and it costs 300 bucks. Like wow. it is, it is, but what it, it takes anything, any device that has an HDMI output and turns it into a plug and play USB 3 device. So if you've got a Canon 5D Mark III or 5D Mark II or a Digital Rebel, anything that's got an HDMI out, you can use as a webcam. And so what happened was, is a lot of people that I know were starting to rush to create online content when this pandemic all started and everybody went to lockdown in their homes, you could not get a decent HDMI capture device. Like they just sold out like hand sanitizer. And there was a, there's a run on so many things. Here are other things that there was a run on. Uh, clippers, like uh, hair, hair clippers, shaving equipment. Uh, really? Yeah. I tried, I had to go to five different stores in town to try and find just a set of clippers. And I couldn't find a set of clippers because my clippers died week one. The first time I tried to get myself my, my first COVID-19 haircut, my clippers died. Couldn't find another set of clippers. And so it's funny, all these little things that have been affected. But the, yeah, HDMI capture devices, H, you know, cables, any, any equipment to be able to make your online video presentations better and more interesting right. started to sell out really quick. And it seems like, I don't know if this was already coming down the pike, but all the, the major camera companies are all creating software that allows you to plug your device directly in by USB and the software will basically turn it into a virtual webcam so that you can make better looking online videos. And that's very, very cool to be able to, you know, have that. Um, but so now Fuji has, has, has gone right behind Canon and done the same thing. I think that's pretty cool. So the whole list of cameras is on uh, this article that I've got from The Verge and I will post that into the Facebook page so you can see if your Fuji camera is eligible to be able to, in fact, you can even use like the GFX 50 or the, 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 the medium format camera. You can, you could turn that medium format Fuji camera into a webcam if you want to. So if you want to have the best, the best looking zoom of all your friends, then you can, you can do that now. So congratulations. Uh, also in the news, if you are a Lightroom user or you would like to be a Lightroom user, you'll be happy to see that Adobe has launching or has, has launched or is launching a new series of tutorials specifically aimed at you. And they are going to be short. They're trying to make these like 60 seconds long so that you can just go and in 60 seconds learn something about Lightroom or maybe just zero right in on the exact thing that you're having a problem with. So look for those online. They've done this before uh, with some other series that they're doing and they're doing. I, th I always think it's a good thing. I always think... I mean, nothing discourages you more than when you're trying to learn a new piece of software and you go to the website for the company or whatever, and they're like, here's some tutorial, and you look, and it's like 35 minutes long. Yes. <laughs> and you're like, oh, my God. You know, and this is one of six. And, you know, and you're Especially like, Especially no. if you get older, too. Like, and I'm not that old, but I'm solidly in the nearly middle-aged category. And my dad and I talk all the time. My dad's a video editor and has been for a long time. And and so we talk every day because we're both trying to learn how to use Adobe Premiere at the same time. <laughs> it's like, and just right. discussing the idea of when you have kids and you have a job and you have a house to take care of and like to sit down and take all the time in the, all the time you have to try and learn a new piece of software is difficult. And so I think this is a really smart move. People have short attention spans and to be able to do stuff in little bites as you go is incredibly useful. I think we're ready to dive into the, the story that's going to take the most uh, discussion from us this week that, that has been making its way on a social media. And we see this happen. We've talked about this before, but of course, we're going to talk about it again. Uh, and that is the story of the man whose fiance died. And when he went to get a refund on his photography and videography, the photographer and the videography company in question uh, said, no, uh, it's non-refundable. Uh, then this man, and uh, let me try. Let me make sure I got his name right. His name was Justin Montney. 
Yeah, right. And the company in in in, uh, in this case was uh, Copper Stallion Media. Yes, Copper Stallion Media. There must be a there must be a Copper Stallion in the town of Colorado Springs or something. I don't know. Okay, because I'm like that just seemed like an odd name, but I'm sure there must be a statue in Colorado Springs that's a Copper Stallion. So, um, in the, in the same way that you name your company Lone Star if you were in Dallas. Okay, so uh, so when they refused the refund. He then took to social media and he called the local reporters at the local station and had them come down and do a story about it. When that happened, the company in question started getting a lot of bad reviews on the knot and so forth. And so then they decided to retaliate, retaliate and they threatened to sue him for defamation and uh, intentions, int- intentional uh, damages to him. And they also did something. Wow. And this is where they really... Mm, they bought his name. His name is Justin Montney, and they bought justinmontney.com and built a website that basically told their side of the story. And I'm guessing this was in the attempt to fix it so that if you went looking for his name, you would find this story by them. I guess that this was their retaliation. You've hurt us and you've hurt our business, so now we're going to hurt your name on the internet or something along those lines. So retribution has been fast uh, against this company um, with everyone coming out against what this company did. And your thoughts, Mr. Hughes? Well, I don't think that's necessarily the whole story. As we've discussed many, many times, a robust cancellation policy is important for any service that, especially when they schedule dates so far in advance and so many things can go wrong. I believe that, yes, this is a terrible tragedy. And if it were me, what I would do is I would try, if I had the money, if I was able to, I would do my very best to at least partially refund the money, although I wouldn't have to. I would feel like I should. However, I could see saying, I'm sorry, I I understand that you're, you know, you've been through a tragedy here. We don't have a, a, a refund policy for stuff like this because the date is so close and I've already put other people on reserve to do the job and this represents a loss for us. I'll see what I can do, blah, 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 something. But you could definitely say no more nicely than this company ended up saying no. Yeah. And, and I think that they certainly didn't take the high road. Because <laughs> on the date of the wedding, they that would have been Copper Stallion, Copper Stallion Media on their Instagram page posted, today would have been the day where we would have filmed Justin and Alexis' wedding in Colorado Springs. After what Justin pulled with the media stunt to try and shake us down for a refund, we hope you sob and cry all day for what would have been your wedding day. Sorry, not sorry. Yeah, you're not helping your case. You're really not helping your case at all. Right. It it would be so easy to get ASMP, PPA, indemnification trust, whatever. All all this stuff could be on your side, you know, if you were just... You nobody would tear you to pieces like this. It wouldn't have gotten this big if you hadn't done that. You know what I mean? And I think that obviously, I think that it's ridiculous in a normal run of the mill. This, despite the fact that this poor woman passed away, this is a run of the mill thing that photographers do every day. Events are canceled. You have to deal with clients wanting refunds, and to take that in the culture where we're now going to be have the Zack Snyder cut of the justice league forced upon us due to public outrage this is just someone trying to take advantage and using their grief as a weapon to take advantage of the 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 ability to to shake a company down in front of the entire world there's no wrongdoing on the part of this company and you could deal with this as a client you could deal with this a lot in a, in a lot more civil way and if you want to file a suit if you want to go after this person in court, in small claims, or whatever you want to do, do it. But I think it is pretty reprehensible to drag this out into the media just because your wife or your fiance died. And so I have a lot of sympathy for this. I don't know what I would do in his situation. And the grief would be overwhelming, I'm sure. But I think that that was a mistake. I also think that it was disgusting for this yes. company to behave the way that they did. Like, you're escalating the situation and it doesn't make it better to behave that way. Yes, this guy's going after you. Yes, he's trying to shake you down. And yes, this is a pain in the butt, but it's just a one of the one of the perils of doing business in the in the digital world, in the social media world that we live in, is that it's harder to defend yourself in the public eye. 
and you're not helping yourself by being a complete a-hole and posting that you hope this guy is crying all day on what would have been his wedding day. Yeah. That's where they, I mean, you, you're totally going to drive away anyone who might have supported you with that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I would be absolutely, as a photographer, as someone who deals with these types of things on a regular basis, cancellations are normal. You know, it's it's hard to get behind somebody when they behave this way. I don't agree with the guy trying to, to, to shake the company down. And I agree that's exactly what he was trying to do, even though he had a contract that said legally they keep his deposit. You know, and right. I, I would have been mad, but I, you also signed a contract when you made the deposit saying that if you cancel the event and this is what happens, the refund, the, the deposit is gone. I also think that uh, it's interesting that photographers seem to run into this problem and other businesses don't. For example, when, when our second baby was born, uh, when Mackenzie was born, she came early and she went into the NICU and she was there for a week. And we had tickets to go see Jerry Seinfeld the week before the baby was born. And then because the baby was born early and, we, and was in the NICU, we tried to go anyway because there was nothing else for us to do. We couldn't sit in the hospital with her all the time or whatever. We were visiting her every day. And I said, come on, we'll just try and go anyway because, I mean, we, the ticket, we've got that. It never occurred to me, and we didn't make it through. We watched for 10 minutes and we were like, we can't, uh, we're just, we were in a state. We couldn't, you know. But it never occurred to me to contact the theater and say, would you please give me my money back for my tickets because this horrible thing happened to my baby. Right. That didn't occur to me. I had bought the tickets for the show on this date, and the fact that I couldn't go to the show was not the fault of the theater. Right. And it never occurred to me to ask for my money back. And then when they didn't give me my money back, start going on social media and screaming about my baby being in the NICU. Right. You know? So... So, yes, I empathize. They yes, did kindly I, offer to apply that balance to his next wedding. I, I, you know, I, so I, I'm just saying you don't see, I mean, did they, did they contact the honeymoon? Uh, you know, if they booked a cruise or whatever, did they contact the cruise and ask for all of his money back plus deposits because he wasn't going to be able to take a cruise because it's, because it's why I mean, I'm taking the other side now. And I know this makes me sound callous. But what I'm really saying is photographers seem to run into this when it comes to weddings. And other businesses don't seem to run into it so much where people just think something has happened to me or something is preventing me from using this thing I bought from you and now I demand my money back. And you're a horrible person if you don't give it back to me. There's a, di- there's a difference here when Jerry Seinfeld's going to sell out that theater. And if you don't go and they've got extra seats, they can sell more tickets. You know, they can sell tickets. No, until- I disagree. They couldn't sell more tickets because it was the day before the show and they and they would not have given me my money back and that, nor should they have given me my money back. Right. Because they held that seat for I you. take a chance. I take a chance when I buy the ticket. I take I buy a ticket for a thing in advance and I'm it's my risk to assume that for some if, if for that for for any reason I might not be able to go. That's my risk that I assume when I buy the ticket. It is not your risk. It is not your job as the person selling the ticket to make sure I can go to the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's my job. I guess that this, it, to, to, to get to the point is the, the, the video guy, Copper Stallion Media, w- was obviously well within his rights uh, legally yes. to... Yes. And then... But he handled it horribly, horribly. And this this goes back to... You know, if you, the further you step back for these things, the more you want to be the person who is able to totally detach and just look at it objectively and say, what's the best solution for me and my business? And when the guy started talking about going to the media and stuff like that, I would have just said, here's your money. <laughs> here's your money. And if he went to the media and did what he did, then I would have came out with a statement that said, we're going to give him his money back. We feel very bad about what happened to him. But we want to be clear that we're not admitting guilt here. We have a contract, and although we are absolutely sorry about what happened to you, we don't have to give you your money back, and it's wrong of you to ask it. But we're going to give it to you anyway, because if we don't, you're going to trash us. (laughs) I I mean, I just, I don't like the cudgel that people are swinging with social media nowadays. Yeah, no, I I agree. I 100% agree. I don't, again, it, it, it really depends on how, I don't know the man, and I don't know how he approached the the videographer. I don't know how I don't know what was said specifically. Nobody knows except the people who were involved in it. But I do know that I would have, if I was able to, I would have at least like we actually had a wedding cancel one of our last weddings we were ever supposed to shoot, 
And this was one of our neighbors actually paid us a thousand dollar deposit. And so for all on her wedding. And then the month before they decided not to get married, they, you know, they split up. And so she wanted the money back. And we said, no, sorry. You know, that's, that's our deposit. That's, we held the date for six months for you. I said, and I don't have to do this, but I said, I tell you, you can use that credit with us if you want to do pictures with your parents or family, or you want to do whatever, or you want, you know, professional headshots. Like we gave her the option to say, we don't have to do this, but we'll give you that much credit. And funny enough, uh, like two years later, she got remarried and got pregnant. And so we did family photography and baby photography, gave her enough prints and stuff to like, you know, it did happen. And, And so I didn't ever suggest at any point, well, you know, you're a good looking girl. You'll get married eventually. When you do, you've got a thousand bucks credit with me. You know, didn't say that, but I just said, well, if you got anything, these are the services we provide. And I'm happy to, out of kindness, do that for you. It's like, but we, we're not, we don't give deposits back. You know, I had this situation just happened a couple of weeks ago. I had a client, um, repeat client. I did uh, family portraits for them on the beach of them and their extended family. And they ordered um, a lot of stuff. They ordered a couple of albums. They ordered wall art. I put all this together with it. And uh, with my packages at the time, if you order this stuff, I also give you the files, the hand-retouched files, you know, uh, because I know people want those. So that's a bonus. That's a perk. If you're ordering a bunch of stuff with me, I'm going to give you the hand-retouched files of the stuff that you ordered. Right. And then she came back and she wanted everything. And I explained to her that you don't get everything. You just get the stuff that you ordered. And uh, I showed her and the where, corresponding digital files with yeah, the corresponding. Okay, you know, okay. there's like 35 pictures for you to choose from. You picked 18. I'm giving you the 18 that you bought prints and albums and stuff of. Yeah, that's cool. I showed I showed her. You know, on the documentation there on my price list, you can see right here where I charge specifically for digital files. You're asking for more digital files. You can purchase those files. You know, or you can purchase uh, wall art or print or an album or whatever. And we can get. And then she started to argue with me and say, well, well, you know, we just want all eight pictures of our grandson. Why would we put all eight pictures in an album? Why, you know, we just picked the best two for the album. And I'm like, yes, because you really don't need the other six. You pick the best two. <laughs> you don't really need the other six. And, and you just want them. And I understand that you want them. But this is how I make my living by selling my work. And, yeah, you don't, go and, in, you don't go into Nordstrom and be like, I bought this pair of shoes. So give me all the other pairs of shoes. Right. And, and yeah. then... Sh- and then and then she and then she said, you know, you know, we spent a lot of money with you and and you know, this covid thing has been hard. We haven't lost our jobs, but but we are on a budget. And I wrote back and I said, "Well, I actually have lost my job." <laughs> uh, just so you know, uh, you know, in hopes that maybe that someone would say, "Oh, you know, and we're asking." And then I just realized that it wasn't going to happen and I had to step back from it and say, "What's the best thing for me going forward?" And I just wrote her back and said, you got it. Here come the files. And I just gave them to her because I knew I'm never going to make any more money off of those files. Right. I'm not. She's never going. She's not going to buy them from me. And the more I fight her, the more I guarantee she never comes back to me or gives me a bad or a bad reputation with her friends. And so at some point, you have to cut your losses. At some point, you have to realize that you're cutting off your nose to spite your face. And as much as you may be in the right, it doesn't matter. The best thing for your business is to give them the files. I mean, I have Bobby, to think that there was. I have to think that there was a better way to to do that. I mean, in there, your particular instance, I may disagree with you just because, I you know I, somehow there's you know, I see this a lot posted in Facebook groups for photographers where somebody will post, "Hey, you know my client wants this and this unreasonable thing. What should I do?" And inevitably, there are always the people that's like, "Take the hard line and tell them to go sit on a tack." Right. And then, and the, but usually. If you look down the thread, if it's a good a group with, with good people in it, eventually somebody will post a response that comes at it in such a way that you hadn't thought of. And you go, huh, uh, yeah, you know what? That really would work. And so I would just think that there would be something like, absolutely, I see your point. Here's what I'll do since we do actually sell these. This is the product that we sell. But I do value you as a client. I would be happy to give you this price for the remainder of the file since you've already ordered so much with us or something like that, you know? But I, again, it's your client. And- yeah, right. I get that. I get that. But my argument to that would be, and I, I read this years ago and I thought this is true. Never discount your prices. You're either paying me full price or I'm going to give it to you as a gift, but I'm not going to negotiate what But when worth. she does come back to you, 
how is when she, she does get- come back to you, believe me, I will be crystal clear from the very beginning. Uh, you know that what happened last time is not going to happen again. You understand? Yeah, I will be very crystal clear. That was a gift. I did. I I just I just say I just say I I did that because even though I had given you all the documentation and made it clear to you, I can understand that you still forgot that or whatever. So right now, before we get started, I want to make it clear to you right now that you are only going to get this with your package. Are we absolutely clear that that's what you're getting? If I were to do that, one of the things anytime I give a client anything for free. I always provide a receipt or an invoice that shows the value of it zeroed out. So it'll be like, yeah, this, is, not a bad idea this is how much I gave you this time. It has a dollar value. So at least if I do something for free, that client sees that it does have a dollar value. And so that I can, that if they come back to me and want something else and they want something for free, I can go, last time I did give you $350 value out because you're a good client. I don't know. I feel like, I feel like, after all the time that I've been doing this and all the clients that I have dealt with, that you begin to find that there's always going to be one or two clients who, no matter what you give them, and I had, by the way, I had given her stuff too, uh, that no matter what you give them and no matter what you do for them, they are always going to ask for more. Yeah. They are always going to want more. And in those instances, I found the best thing to do is to just say, well, here you are. Thank you very much. And then hope to God they never come back. Or if they do, find a reason not to work with them again. Just be like, you know, because because either way, you're if you fight them, you're going to lose them as a client. So if you're going to lose them with a client, as a client anyway, lose them in the best possible way for your business going forward, and that is to lose them and have them be happy. Yeah, it does. It does chafe a little bit though to know that it stings. Yes, it stings. But you but you got to be able to step back and like you know, Bobby was telling me about a client she had the other day who wanted to return something after she opened it, and it came in a clear bag. And Bobby's like, I can't use this now once you've opened it. Why didn't you, if you send it back to me in the bag, I could do it. And, and the woman's like, oh, well, I didn't really look at it before I opened it and, and, and et cetera, whatever. And I was like, and, and I was like, Bobby, how much does this thing cost? $14.95. I'm like, give her the $14 and walk away. You're, you're, you're spending more energy right now talking to me about this. Yeah. Than Can you imagine a- Amazon, for example, <laughs> the volume of stuff that they produce? And they, they have one of the most we don't give a crap return policies in the world. Like we right. actually bought a, a, a tent, like, you know, one of those big backyard tents that you have parties under. Right. So we bought this like 75 foot long collapsible, you know, tent thing for a party in our house. And we, in, 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 in a very Florida fashion, this sudden afternoon thunderstorm comes on, blows the thing over, rips it to shreds to where it's unusable, and, we, and they took it back. <laughs> you have to, you like, have to reach a point where you just can step back and say, what's the probable outcome going to be no matter what I do? And now, now you've determined this is the outcome that's going to happen no matter what I do. What's the best way for me to make that as painless as possible right. to me moving moving forward and 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 sometimes and sometimes it's just give them the pickle yeah yeah <laughs> and just say goodbye the, the damage even though that this copper stallion media company in in some way they probably feel justified that they get to stand on this hill in their righteous fury right is this good for their business no it's not good for their bi- well listen they has it made them more money to take this stance? Has it caused them to become yeah. more beloved in their community? And would they, I mean, obviously they've gotten a lot of press, but this isn't press from people who would ever hire them. Nobody's going to them now going, dude, that, that dude did you wrong, so I'm going to hire you for my wedding. No, this is a permanent black eye. They're going to have to change the name of their company. <laughs> yeah, they really are. But 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 the bigger thing that I started on with this was does this happen to photographers more? Because I see this happening to photographers so many times and and the media then gets a hold of you and they run you through the ringer and it's this idea that because something happened to me that is bad, you should pay for it. Right. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm sorry that that bad and, thing happened. And to people you. get on board. Look at what happened to this man that was so bad. You should pay for it. And I want to go, why don't you pay for it? You know, why, why don't you give him, go ahead, reach in your pocket and give, him his, and give him the deposit back if you feel so bad for him. Yeah. I don't see you volunteering. I don't see, I don't see all you people who are up in arms. Uh, you know, maybe sometimes they do gather up a collection. Sometimes they do start a thing. But I'm just saying, you know, it's always, it's always why, do you, why do I have to give him money? This guy could have started a GoFundMe or one of those things to be like, yeah. hey, you know what? My wife's died. I, you know, um, money's tight. My wedding vendor's 
I lost all the deposits on my wedding, you know, and, you know, somebody, one of his friends or family members could have done that or something. But like, first of all, nobody looks, nobody comes out of this smelling like roses. The guy looks like a total jerk and the and the media company looks like a total jerk. And, and it's just all of the news and there's no good has come from it because it's escalated this bad behavior on both sides. And at some point, it is as the business owner, you just got to be responsible enough to go. I can't. This is just got, can't go any further than this. Yeah, at some point, at some point, somebody has to be the grown up, right? Which, and before we went live and we talked about what was going on in Minnesota and everything, I said, that in a way, this story ties into Minnesota. And you looked at me like, how does it? Yeah, I was like, tie into Minnesota. Tread carefully, Mister McCoy. When I was reading this story, I was just reminded that that. That one of the problems that we have, and now we're going deep, one of the problems that we have now in our society is that we, are, we have started to say that people who are in charge or people who are leaders um, do not have to take the high road, that those people do not have a responsibility to be the adult in the room, that, that the person who is in charge of the kindergarten class uh, can punch the kindergartner back if the kindergartner punches them first. Right. And it used not to be that way. Well, it's, I guess it's always been that way in some instances, but it's not supposed to be that way. If you are the kindergartner, kindergarten teacher, you know, if you are the parent of the child who says, I hate you, you don't scream back, I hate you too. You say, I understand how you feel, and I know that you will regret saying that later, but let's try and resolve our differences. You don't just scream back, I hate you too. You also don't go on Twitter and say that, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Right. Which is what our president did today. Um, you take, you, you, you recognize that you're the leader, that you have a position, and that it is your job to be the adult in the room. I mean, I remember, remember when Barack Obama was president and they had the beer summit where they brought in that guy who the cops had came into his home and everything and, and had gone haywire and they brought him and the cop and they sat down and they had a beer and they talked to him and they were ridiculed for that. And I thought, no, this is what adults who are in charge do. They de-escalate a situation. They try to bring people together and they try to work through their differences. And they said, no, that's not what they should do at all. That's not how they should right. handle like, it. How would, how would the situation have gone with Omar Jimenez if he was being arrested and he had every right to be upset and to be losing yes. his mind? He could have been like, you're only arresting me because I'm not white and blah, 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 blah. And don't you know who I am? And I was CNN. And he could have well within his rights to lose his mind. But if he had done that, he would have, it would have made things worse. Right. Somebody has to be the adult. Somebody, somebody has to be the adult. And somebody in the Minneapolis Police Department was the adult. Because when they showed up with the crew, somebody in that room went, whoa, guys, slow down and de-escalate. You are just making things worse. That situation could have been so much worse if, then, if, if Omar Jimenez had lost his mind and, and the and the producer lost his mind and the camera and they all started freaking out then the police have to restrain them and let's say that gets out of hand and then all of a sudden right. now everybody's on social media arguing well like he should have submitted to the police or but the police don't have the right and then it becomes instead omar jimenez and his whole camera crew they were just like look we're just gonna we're fine everything we're gonna roll with this and then the police on the other end were like oh we screwed up the governor's like oh we screwed up and now okay so it's in the news and yes, it's a big story, and yes, people are angry about it, but it could have been so, so much worse. At some point, somebody has to decide. Yes. There, there's always one person in every situation that decides to de-escalate the tension. It's not. It's never going to happen simultaneously. Both parties aren't going to be raring to go, and they both go decide at the exact same moment to chill. Like, usually one person has to go. One person has to swallow their pride. This, I'm going to take the first step to bring this down. And I don't I can't tell you how many times in my life I have been on the receiving end of someone diffusing the tension and how immediately you see what a what a jerk you're being at the same time. Yeah, but many times you don't see a jerk. And you don't see what you're being a jerk and you just continue to escalate. And one of the things that is so hard, yeah, one of the, one of the things that is so hard for people to understand who are in positions of power, be it a police officer or a politician or a parent or a teacher, is that, I mean, so many times it's a thankless position to be in. 
you can be on the board oh, directors yeah. of the PPA. You can be, you know, it's a thankless position because no matter what you do, somebody's going to be mad at you. No matter what you do, it's going to be, someone's going to tell you you're doing it wrong. It can be horrible. It can, you know, it can absolutely be horrible, but that is the job you signed Agreed. up for. If you don't want that job, walk away from the job. But that is the job you signed up for. And that doesn't mean that I don't empathize with how everything's affecting you. I do. It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible that you get treated this way if you're a police officer. It's horrible that you get treated this way if, for, for whatever, uh, the way that you can be treated when you haven't done anything wrong. It's just assumed. It's horrible. But you are a knight of the round table. And your job is to be better than all of the peasants. Right. That is what we expect of you. And it's a horrible expectation and it demands a lot of you, uh, which is why I think you should get paid more. And I, and I think, you know, and all these other things, same thing with the military, uh, but, um, and the teachers, of course, but that's the job. And if you don't want to be that person, and many times the question is, why would anyone want to be that person? Why, why does anyone want to be a teacher? Why does anyone want to be a cop? Why does anyone want to have one of these jobs where, and it's because along with that horrible, horrible things that can be said about you or, or, or whatever, where you have to take the high road, you're also going to have those days where you do something amazing and you get to experience something that so few of us ever get to experience. You get to save a life. You get to change a life. You get to, and that's that's the seesaw, you know, that's the scale of being a teacher or a cop or something along those lines is that, is that it, it comes at you at both sides. And so you've got to remember that side when you've got a guy pinned under your knee on the street <laughs> and, and, and you've got to remember the good side and say, oh, you know what? I'm, I'm a police officer and I, sh I need to let this guy breathe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, or I, or I'm the guy at the police precinct who realizes it's a mistake to arrest the CNN camera crew. Yeah, or or whatever. And we've just really got, especially with Twitter and and our current president, we've really gotten to a place where everybody is in the mud. Right. I do miss. I do miss the. Uh, I do miss the days of taking the high road when you can. Yeah, and everyone before this president, everyone did. Both both parties did. No one, they, they, you're the president of the United States. You don't get in the mud. I'm the president of the United States. I don't get in the mud with you. Right. I, I just, I, I don't think that, um, I think that people basically do, we, we all kind of desire the same thing, but I think that people underestimate the, the gravity of dignity and moral leadership. And I think that maybe even people in those positions, like you don't realize what, how, what you do no causes no, other have, people no. to act and what it what doing something no. makes it okay for everybody else like no, I, you don't really no you don't you don't everything you do everything as a parent too everything you do what you're trying to do is also going to have some sort of opposite reaction right so you have to consider both sides of everything you do i'm going to punish this kid for blah 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 well the other the other kid's going to see that as you're being favoritism towards them <laughs> you know you know there's there's always an opposite reaction right there's no there's no action without consequence there's no decision without disenfranchising someone you know yes. there's no there's no way to lead and make everyone happy you know Correct. but the thing that you can do is to not get down into the dirt the thing that you can do is say i'm going to make the decisions that i'm going to make regardless of what you think about them but I'm not also not going to be a jerk about it. <laughs> like I'm going right. to do, I have to, I have a job to do and I'm going to do it. And funny enough, looking at the, the arrest of that CNN camera crew, even the police officers that were clearly in the wrong were calm and respectful. Like you said, you know, I thought, uh, right. It, it's, 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 we certainly live in some very interesting times. And so whether you agree or disagree with the things that we say, well, the whole, the whole thing is crazy that they arrested the camera crew, but that's exactly the way it's supposed to go. Right. Both sides were calm. It happened. And within an hour it was resolved and there was an apology. We can move on from this now. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Right? This isn't something you know, that's you know, going to be burned into the psyche of the American people for any given amount of time. Because, yeah, because, because both sides, even though one side was wrong, you know, as far as we know at this point, one side was wrong. Both sides were adult about it, right? <laughs> you know, and aware that it will that we can resolve this without it without escalating it, right? I do, I do see a little bit of a sensationalism in some of what's talked about, but I feel like this story will burn out a lot quicker than the story of people being killed in the streets and stuff like yes. that. You know, so it's just the hot yes. story right at the moment. But and what's really sad is that we're all talking about this, and we're not talking about the fact that we crossed the one hundred thousand 
death mark to the virus. Right, COVID-19. A couple of days ago. Yep. Yeah, we're just, that's just becoming normal now, people dying. Well, I know, you and I have talked about this off, off air before, that uh, losing 500 to 1,000 people a day is just going to become the background to the news cycle as, as things move on. Yes. You know, and uh, that's that's unfortunately the world that we're living in right now. So I would just encourage everybody to be to to take a step back, take a breath, be calm. And even if you don't disagree with somebody, you're never going to lose by chilling out and taking the high road. And you're very rarely going to win by losing your temper with somebody. <laughs> well, that's not true. You can absolutely you can absolutely win by getting down in the mud. But you can win. But- Kind of. You're just going to be muddy yeah. for the rest of your life. Yeah, okay. So you could win, but what you win doesn't really matter. You know? No, no. You're just going to be muddy whether for the rest it's going to be Whether it's going to be you're on the moral high ground of getting to, uh, you know, win because you didn't have to give your client their money back. But now, you know, like, or, or, or whether it's the, you know, you won the Facebook argument, which I'm pretty sure has never happened. <laughs> 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 you know, like, just... Let's let's all do this. Let's all do this. Agree for the next 48 hours. Everybody listening to this, what I want you to do is when you see somebody who posts something that makes you mad, I want you to just not respond to it. Just don't type anything. Don't get mad. Don't yell at your kids about it. Don't rant over dinner. Just focus on what's important. Move forward. Be kind. Be calm. And remember that uh, somebody's always watching you, whether you know it or not. And not that you should necessarily care what people think, but you will see other people, their behaviors, their bad behaviors will be made okay because of your bad behaviors. The first time, right. a riot doesn't start when everybody simultaneously simultaneously starts tearing the street apart. The first person breaks from the crowd and throws a trash can through a window and then everybody does it. So, it, right. you know, a waterfall starts with one drop of water. And so you could be that or you could not. <laughs> Well, that wraps up another interesting installment of the uh, Photobomb podcast. Anything else you need to add before we wrap this thing up? Just the more you know. Bong, 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 Safety first. <laughs> Don't forget, you can find us online. We are at facebook.com slash photobombpodcast. That's where all the conversations take place. You can find our website at photobombpodcast.com. Gary's website is hughesfioretti.com. So it is. My website is BooRayPerry.com, and our email address is questions at photobombpodcast.com. We'll see you back here next week. See you later.